Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen nicotine pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music and lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Herd podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. This is the Best of the Herd with Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, here we go on a busy Tuesday. Who knows what coach is in trouble this afternoon? Live in Los Angeles, it's The Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be watching or listening, thanks for making us part of your day. One hour from now, our top ten teams. Herd hierarchy on a Tuesday. Top of second hour as always. J-Mac. You can say a lot of things and argue for a lot of things, but sometimes reality hits your right square between the eyes in Chicago. Indeed it does. Hey, by the way, reality, both of us had the Bears last night. I even said sprinkle a little on the money line. How about it, baby? We gave out a lot. I'm not sure I had the Bears. You didn't have Bears last night? Uh, No, I didn't. Cowherd, what are you doing, Vikings? All right, here we go. Justin Fields, it's over. The first sign you don't have a franchise quarterback... Your defense gets four interceptions, and you can't manufacture a single touchdown. The second sign, your offensive coordinator doesn't want you to throw the ball down the field. 33 starts. If you went to a stand-up comedian for 33 minutes and didn't laugh, he's not funny. You can keep blaming everybody else. Great, he's athletic. I would watch him if he went to Atlanta. I'd move him to Atlanta, get a third-round pick. He'd be fun. Bijan. Drake London, Kyle Pitts, the Chicago thing's over. Top franchise quarterbacks do two or three things really well. They see the field, process quickly, and accurately deliver the ball. I just don't, I don't see it. We've got 33 starts. He's not good enough to pass on a much better college prospect who doesn't turn the ball over a lot, Caleb Williams. Justin Fields has 35 fumbles in 35 games. A passer rating in the low 80s. A completion percentage barely above 60. Caleb Williams is a better prospect. You'll be able to start restart the rookie salary clock, and it'll put a new energy in the building. C.J. Stroud, game one, with four backups on the offensive line and no run game. The Texan staff let him sling the ball all over the field. 33 starts, and this offense, they don't want him to throw the ball down the field. 
15 of his 27 completions were at or behind the line of scrimmage. And I know you think you know more than the coaches, but what coaches allow players to do, not just quarterbacks, tight ends, corners, safeties, what they allow them to do is what they see them incapable or not doing in practice, right? Like, don't do that. Don't do that. So by the time you get to a game, the coaches allow you to do certain things that they see you can produce consistently in practice. Again, Houston coaches, C.J. Stroud, first game, throwing it all over the field. 33 starts for Justin Fields. They won't let him throw it down the field. There was one completion over 20 yards, and that was at the end of the game when the Chicago coaches had no choice. And by the way, he's got D.J. Moore, a number one receiver. He's open a lot downfield. So when you have to consider going to a third coach, probably not the coaching. The common denominator in Chicago is Justin Fields. Remember, y'all banged on Matt, Mitch Trubisky. I was never a Trubisky fan. I didn't like the draft pick. I was never a fan. But he went to the playoffs twice. Aaron Rodgers was in his prime in Green Bay. Matt Stafford was still in Detroit. The division is wide open now. Mitch Trubisky, who nobody in Chicago gave, you know, a second thought as a franchise guy. They weren't into it. He went 11-3, first year with Matt Nagy. You want to know the one year Justin Fields had Matt Nagy? 2-8. and eight. It's Kind of a swing. And I'm not a fan of Trubisky. I would have moved off Trubisky early. But Aaron was in his prime. Stafford was close to his prime. And he got to the playoffs twice. Nobody defended Trubisky. It's over. Again, we've got 33 starts. Right now, he's auditioning. Yes, he's athletic. Yeah, he seems like a nice kid. Trubisky was a nice kid. And yeah, this organization doesn't do a great job to draft and develop quarterbacks. I agree with all that stuff. But Caleb Williams is a better prospect. You start the rookie salary clock. It's a new energy in the building. And Caleb, for the record, doesn't turn the ball over much. All right? And he's been running for his life for the last two years, too. So it happens. Over 50% of the first-round quarterbacks don't make it. It's okay. He's athletic enough to get a second opportunity. I'd love to see him play in Atlanta. Offensive coach, Bijan, Kyle Pitts, Drake London. I'd watch. Better old line than the Bears, I think. I'd watch. It's fun. It's different. But I don't think Justin Fields is a hoist-the-trophy guy. And maybe there's only seven of those guys on the planet. But, like, this capitulation over, well, he could, he did. 33 starts. He completes about 60% of his throws. Low passer rating, a lot of fumbles. I mean, nice kid, but um, four interceptions, no touchdowns. He's got a number one receiver, good tight ends. The O-line's not as awful as everybody claims. Capable running backs. The coaches won't let him throw the ball down the field. Here's Justin after. We haven't let you know our record define who we are. We know who we are as a team. You know we know what we're capable of, and it's really just going out there and doing it, going out there, executing, and finishing the way we know how, the way we did tonight, and um, really just cleaning up the mistakes. Because you know if you clean up my two fumbles, we're probably not even in that situation. Thirty-five fumbles in thirty-five games. He fumbles. That's the reality. This league is about can you see the field, deliver it accurately, don't turn it over and win games, and stay healthy. He's not checking a lot of boxes. It's time. Okay, this story is interesting. Deion Sanders loses three commitments after taking a shot at the NCAA's recruiting policy. 
So, you know, Dion loved recruiting when all the guys were coming to him. But when some started leaving, he said to the NCAA, it's not fair. Once you commit, you shouldn't be uh, flirting around talking to other schools. So, first of all, let's start with this. Dion Sanders is realizing what all Colorado football coaches eventually realize. It's hard to build a great roster in Boulder. The athletic department doesn't have a lot of money and support. And the state does not provide a lot of great high school football players. It was very fun to watch early, but Colorado finished 4-8, and 1-8 eight, and eight in the Pac-12, and blew a 29-0 lead against awful Stanford. You guys are banging on Lincoln Riley. Deion Sanders didn't win enough. But I will say this in support of him. I thought September Deion Colorado was great. It was new, it was fresh, it was fun. I don't regret for a second leaning into it. I like new stuff. They were the most watched team in college football for five weeks. They were a little bit like a TikTok trend, wild for about 24 hours, and then they fade into irrelevance. But that's okay. You're on TikTok too. Colorado football, eventually, all coaches discover this, is Colorado football. That's why if you go back to the 1960s and the 1970s, the top 20 programs then are mostly the top 20 programs now. It's a state that doesn't provide a lot of players, and you have to convince them to leave Texas and California and come to the mountains. It's hard. A lot of people, I find, are rooting against Deion Sanders. He's different. He brags a lot. Can be a little showy. I get it. But to me, Nick Saban lost to Louisiana Monroe in his first year at Alabama. This stuff is hard. Dabo Sweeney at powerhouse Clemson, surrounded by great high school talent in the surrounding states has had 10-plus wins in 12 straight years until this year he dips a little. Dude's got two natties, and a big chunk of the fan base is furious with him. That's college football. Ryan Day's record in the Big Ten is 41-3. and Half the fan base wants him out. Society is filled with people on the sidelines taking shots at successful people. It's so easy. You know it's not. It's hard. Nick Saban built a powerhouse. They weren't winning back-to-back. -back. It's hard. NIL, transfer portals made it even harder. It's easy to sit on the sidelines and take shots at Deion Sanders. But September Deion, September Colorado was a lot of fun. I thought they'd get dragged by TCU and they went to Texas and blew them out. But Deion is realizing the realities of college football. Brian Kelly is an excellent coach. Half the fan base wants him gone. Ryan Day is an excellent coach. Dabo Sweeney's an excellent coach. Nobody's ever happy. Mario Cristobal's at a better program than Dion. He's 500 after two years at Miami. Nebraska's a better program than Colorado. Matt Rule went 5-7. and seven. September, we all got a little over our skis. We got into the hype. It's okay. You fall in love with a lot of things. People, teams, players, businesses, opportunities. It's okay. Go ahead, be grumpy. Never fall in love with anything. September football for Dion was a blast. I loved it. I thought it was crazy. Surprised the heck out of me. But then reality set in. The Colorado players decommitting. So what? Players decommit from Nick Saban, Ryan Day, 
Dabo Sweeney, Lincoln Riley, players decommit all the time. Players have never been more empowered. What I find with Dion is a lot of people are just rooting against him. And you're all experts now. I told you it was hype. So what if it was? Sometimes hype is fun. That's okay. We all fall for something at some time in our life. I'm rooting for Dion. But it is Colorado football. <laughs> Let's temper our enthusiasm. If he gets him to a 500 program, that's pretty good for Colorado football. When he first got hired, I thought it was weird. A day later, made some calls, thought, oh, he'll get attention. That part you can't deny. None of us have ever discussed Colorado football more than now. And that's part of building a losing program into an occasional winning program. Getting attention. J-Mac, we got a lot of things going on. I am supporting people who get dragged by the media today. I want to support Mike McCarthy again today. <laughs> Getting dragged. He's got a great team. Can I give you two teams for Justin Fields for next year? Atlanta's got to be one. No, Atlanta's not one. They have uh, Ritter and Heineke, who they like, and they just drafted her. Uh, just, just bear with me for two quick ones. Okay. Brian Dable had a lot of success with Josh Allen, a mobile quarterback, had some success with Daniel Jones. Okay, we know Tyrod Taylor's a free agent. DeVito's not the guy. Daniel Jones coming off the injury. Does Dable say, give, give me, let me try to reform Justin Fields, have a Fields versus Daniel Jones showdown in the preseason for the job. We'll see what happens. I think Fields would be a capable backup in New York, maybe the starter. I think that's very interesting. Okay. Now, the second one that's is a little dicey. Okay. I kind of workshopped this last night. <laughs> Works. Okay, Gilly, let's go. I know that he loves Drew Locke a lot. In oh, I, I, yeah. I yeah. know he loves Drew Locke. Nobody else does. We've seen the max of Geno Smith last year. Okay. It's now water's finding its level. He's starting to. They got a good team. Geno Smith has not played well. Does Justin Fields have a chance to start in no. Seattle? Could he beat out Geno okay. Smith? No, I, I know Pete Carroll well enough. There's one thing that drives Pete Carroll crazy. Turnovers. Yeah. And I mean, I've never met a coach who is tougher on players who okay. fumble and throw interceptions. Justin Fields is a bad fit for Pete Carroll. The Brian Dable one mm. is fascinating. The, oh, here's an ultra safe one for you. His agent goes to Justin Fields and says, listen, Justin, you need to grow up a little. You need to mature. You need to be in a good organization where you're going to hold a clipboard for a year or two and go sit behind Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia for a year or two, now that, learn how to be a professional, carry a briefcase to work, meet with the media. That's interesting. Shoulders up, broad chest, speaking confidently. Yeah. Like, you need to be a professional. Go sit behind Jalen Hurts and watch what he and does. I'll, yeah, that's not a terrible idea. The Pete Carroll one does not work. For me, I, I just know what I know Pete, and I know what he's into. And f running backs that fumble, and quarterbacks that turn it over. I mean, yeah. Russell Wilson didn't turn it over much, and when he did, Pete would mention it at every press conference. Yeah. So it doesn't work in Seattle. The Brian Dable one and the Philadelphia one is very interesting because we know Justin's talented enough to get a second look. I would say, see, I don't. Everybody's banging on Atlanta and Arthur Smith. I never watch Atlanta and think, man, they're undercoached. I think they're under talented. Too young in key spots. But I think Arthur Smith, Bijan, Justin Fields, better O-line than people get. Drake London. That's interesting. Yeah. That gets me to a television. It's interesting. I would watch that. I think hey, Atlanta listen, There's Fe several spots around the league. Like, Oh, he's going to get another chance. I think he's going to have a good market. I know people don't like him, but he's going to have, like, the Raiders. What are they doing at quarterback? Trey Lance got a number four pick. Justin Fields can get you two. Absolutely. Again, I'm not rooting against him.
But Mitch Trubisky with Aaron Rodgers in his prime and Matt Stafford close to it got to the playoffs twice. you got to win games in this yeah. league. I don't want to hear about it. Win games. Throw the ball down the field. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They fight. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, gonna, not, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, welcome back on a Tuesday. Heard hierarchy 40 minutes from now. Top 10 teams in the NFL. We will have a surprise visitor into our top 10 teams. J-Mac's not going to love it, but it's the reality of it. We got that coming up in 40 minutes. So Dak Prescott and the Cowboys play this Thursday on Amazon Prime. They play Seattle. They're a huge favorite. Truth is, at home, they've been a great home team. I'd probably take Dallas, even though the number's big. Dallas blows out the teams they should. And that's where Dak and Mike McCarthy deserve credit. Many people think I'm anti-Cowboy. No, I'm not. I don't buy into the hype of Dak, but he's a very good quarterback. He's had a redeemable career. He's a B-plus quarterback who has A nights. He's a very good player. 
great intangibles, don't love his arm, don't think he's as athletic as it's been portrayed through the years. You know what I mean? I, I, I said, I think he's a slightly better than Kirk Cousins, and everybody's always banging on Kirk Cousins, and everybody gets mad when you bang on Dak. They're kind of the same guy if I look at their numbers. But he's having the best year I've ever seen. He's setting all sorts of highs in completion percentage and com uh, passer rating. The C.D. Lamb connection is real. It's a top five or six connection in the NFL, so let's be honest about it. And Dak talked about this season. I'm about one goal, and it's a big team goal. And I know if my name's in there, that means we're playing well. So that's that, that's great. Um, but what I say to myself is I, really, I haven't done shit, You know what I mean? It's... Um, Regular season, numbers are great. We're getting wins. That's, what, that's what's most important. But at the end of the day, we're trying to stack and keep growing this team to make sure that we're getting better each and every week. Uh, by the way, he's a little tough on himself. He, again, has had a very good career. Okay? 70% of quarterbacks in the first round don't make it. He's a fourth-round quarterback. He's been a really good quarterback. Great? Not necessarily, in my opinion, but good to very good. Absolutely. He's a grown-up. Knows the position. Gets the position. But it should be noted, this is the best Dak ever. And it's with Mike McCarthy. Favre, Rodgers, Dak have all had great times and years with Mike McCarthy. For God's sakes, Cooper Rush was 5-1 and one with Mike McCarthy. The knock on McCarthy, and I think the criticism is fair, clock management late in games is not great. Late game play calling is not great. Yeah, join the club. That's what people said about Andy Reid in Philly. Sean McVay still gets dragged about that. And Kyle Shanahan lost a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl with very sketchy play calling. John Harbaugh this weekend, a great coach, dragged for late-game decisions. It's what most coaches struggle with, my guess is, because it's hard. It should be noted that Aaron Rodgers... Post Mike McCarthy. Get that bum out of town. Aaron had a two and three playoff record. Aaron Rodgers with Mike McCarthy had a nine and eight playoff record and a Super Bowl. Maybe it wasn't Mike. Dallas destroys the teams they should. We all love Dan Campbell. They laid an egg at home against inferior Green Bay this weekend. Dallas kicks the you know what out of every average team they play. I've been critical of Mike McCarthy, but he can coach. Doesn't have to be my favorite coach, but he can coach. I've seen him win with Favre, Rodgers, and Dak. Arguments, the last two had their best years with him. Dak's the best he's ever been. And he doesn't have as good an O-line as he did his rookie year. He's only got one receiver, not a ton of tight end production. Has a running back that's a two, not a one. And Philadelphia may be the best team in the league, and he's got to play them twice. And outplayed them the last time they met. They'll lost. we got to be fair about this stuff. Dak's having a great year, and Dallas crushes the teams they should. A lot of the teams that we fall in love with in this league don't. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Sometimes the simplest answer is the right answer. Justin Fields to Atlanta feels like a shot. I would, that's, I would ask yourself this. Which one would you watch? Oh, I'd go watch that. Bijan, Justin Fields, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, but offensive coach. I would go watch Atlanta. I wouldn't bet them because I've lost so much money in my life betting the Atlanta Falcons, but I would watch that. The problem is Arthur Smith has 
two turnover-prone quarterbacks. Does he want a third one? That's like, a fair point. They don't want a guy who's throwing. They want a guy who's safe. Hand. They would rather have like Andy Dalton as their quarterback. Not going to make mistakes. I don't think Andy Dalton has a big market either. <laughs> Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Dynasty the king. king. What's good, y'all? It's your main man, Michael Smith, esteemed NFL analyst and certified fantasy football legend. Allow me to present to you your new favorite fantasy football podcast, The Dynasty Exchange, hosted by my first-round rookie picks, Davis, Dylan, and Josh, three guys who most definitely know their stuff. They're the co-commissioners of the coolest and most cutthroat dynasty league you'll ever come across, The Yacht Club. And now they're the co-hosts of the most elite. Now make that the definitive dynasty program in the game. It's dedicated to only the most devoted of diehards. The guys like me who can't stay off sleeper in KTC. And trust me, you won't regret making the choice to follow their dynasty advice. Listen to Michael Smith Presents The Dynasty Exchange on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sunday, we got a huge doubleheader on Fox. First, the Lions take on the Saints or other regional action. Then, in America's Game of the Week, Christian McCaffrey and the Niners take on Jalen Hurts and the Eagles in one of the biggest games of the year. Check for the games in your area Sunday on Fox. Jets are one of my picks of the week this week. <laughs> You're backing Tim Boyle? Oh, my gosh. You hate money, don't you? You just hate it. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, one of the things I love about the NFL is you can go from 1 win to 11. Bill Parcells did it, and he wasn't even coaching in Miami. Tony Sperano was. Parcells kind of turned over the bottom half of the roster, bottom third of the roster, you can go from one win to 11 very quickly. This is not the NBA where you get 19-year-olds who can't even have a glass of wine in the hotel bar they're staying at. They're not physically or mentally, emotionally ready to play in the NBA. It's not baseball where unless you're like a Bryce Harper, you're going to be in the minors for years and years. Turnaround projects are harder in other leagues. They're not in the NFL. The Chicago Bears are not all doom and gloom. So let me give you an example. Seattle and Detroit on one really good draft class. One year later, you were like, oh, they got their left tackle. They got a running back. They got this. They got that. They got a receiver. Seattle, Detroit went from potential mess to really interesting in one draft class. So Chicago has the number one pick and the number four pick in the first round. I'll get back to that in a second. They're going to take Caleb Williams with the one. They also have two fourth-round picks. This is an exceptional draft at left tackle, at quarterback. Uh, there's a lot of players in this draft. Caleb Williams, plus an offensive coach, plus hitting on two or three other picks. Think I'm wrong? The Houston Texans were a laughing stock. They were a warm-weather Chicago. In fact, I would argue Chicago had an advantage on Houston. They have a number one receiver, D.J. Moore. Houston had a hit on like fourth round guys. Receivers matter. DJ Moore's the number one. Okay, so the Houston Texans were the Bears. Weak ownership, revolving door at coach, not an elite, considered an elite front office, rebuilding roster, needed a quarterback. <laughs> they hit on Will Anderson on the edge, they hit on a coach, they hit on CJ Stroud. 
immediately viable in a kind of wonky division. Well, isn't the NFC North sort of a wonky division? Who's quarterback in Minnesota next year? You love Jordan Love? It's not doom and gloom. Chicago has a potential gold mine at that number four pick. So I would go get like a Ben Johnson, draft Caleb Williams, that number four pick. Let's go back to the board. So if you look at the, the draft board, so we know Chicago needs a quarterback. They're going to draft one. Arizona is going to stay there. They need a weapon because they're paying Kyler Murray a fortune. They have to validate and elevate that position. Marvin Harrison is the best receiver prospect maybe since Calvin Johnson. The Patriots are going to draft a quarterback. But then Chicago's at four. I would trade down. You could drop down five, six, seven spots and get players. Tampa Bay needs a quarterback. The Jets could draft a quarterback. Think they'll go O-line. Keep your eye on a team like Seattle or Atlanta. Atlanta needs a quarterback. They've got two good backs. They have a tight end in Kyle Pitts who hasn't been quite as good as they thought. They have a very good offensive line. That number four pick for Chicago is a potential gold mine. Once you get the quarterback, you could trade down just eight, nine spots, still get an elite player, and get multiple picks. This is a draft with strong quarterback prospects and nine teams in the NFL desperate for a quarterback or coaches are getting run. You could get, I my takeaway on that number four pick, you can get two first for that. Meaning Caleb Williams is going to have additional picks. So they've already got two fourth. Offensive coach Caleb, I think Chicago, there's a lot of, Las Vegas needs a quarterback. They wouldn't move up to four. They've got Hunter Renfro, a star back, a great left tackle, uh, a star receiver, a great edge rusher. They may not want to give up on any of those. But the Raiders, I've been saying this all year, they got players. The Seahawks are a prime example. Seattle does not have, Seattle has one hole in the roster, quarterback. Pete Carroll's now in his 70s. You don't think Seattle would give up, I mean, would they consider saying, we'll give you DK Metcalf, we'll give you one of our two backs, we'll give you one of our tackles, plus two number ones. Seattle has the roster, they just need the quarterback. And as Seattle, if they lose to Dallas Thursday, keeps losing and losing and losing, and they have like the 12th pick, 11th pick. Seattle won't move up to four. You could get players and picks. Pete Carroll now is not going to go with Drew Locke. Geno Smith's not the answer, and Pete knows it. They need a quarterback. The roster is set, and it's young. Seattle could give you picks and players. So that number four pick for Chicago, if they stay there, is a gold mine. They would have been better off losing last night, keeping that number four pick. That number four pick, you know, that's that's... Probably Bo Nix. Increasingly, people think Bo Nix is a really good number three quarterback in a draft. Maybe it's Drake May. Maybe it's Michael Penix. But there is that's a gold mine right there. So it, it you know you talk yourself into doom and gloom. The Houston Texans were the warm weather bears. They were a laughing stock a year ago. Hitting a coach, hitting a quarterback, hit on their number. Their Will Anderson, the other edge rusher. So you got an edge rusher, a quarterback, a coach. Can win a lot of games in this league. Can win a lot of games.
Good coach, good quarterback, good pass rush. Wins you a lot of games. Certainly makes you playoff viable. You can have holes at linebacker, safety. So it's just, I, I don't think it's, it's all doom and gloom for Chicago. And if you move off, so Chicago has two firsts, two fourths. They could have two twos if you get Justin Fields. For You have half the league wanting him. Can you? Trey Lance got a fourth pick. Can Justin Fields get a second-round pick? Mm. So the Bears could have... I think he no, would. No, he cannot get a second Okay, round. a third? A so third get, is reasonable. Okay, two firsts, a second, two thirds, two fourths? Hit on half of those and get the right coach. You're absolutely instantly viable in that division. So where Fields has helped... You already re- have a number yeah. one receiver. You already have an excellent pass rusher in Montez Sweat. You have tight ends I like. You have capable running backs. You have an excellent corner who's a free agent. Don't tell me Chicago didn't have pieces. They like their left tackle. They like their star receiver. They like Montez. They don't have a coach or a quarterback, which is kind of important. But to my field point on Fields having a market, Colin, we've seen a lot of starting quarterbacks go down this year. Yeah. And nobody having a backup. There's a huge value in having a good backup, <laughs> capable backup quarterback. And I'm just telling you right now, like if Jalen Hurts goes down and his knees looking tricky, I, I don't. I think that's had, one of your better suggestions today. Like I mean, they got to have someone like Mariota. He's a veteran, but he's always hurt you, too. You have been a super soaker of hot takes today. Super soaker, but Justin of hot Fields takes, wow. as a backup in Philadelphia is interesting. It's an interesting. It comes down to Fields. Hey, dude, do you want to compete for a starting job? Do you think you can be a starter, or do you want to be a backup on with a good franchise, a winning culture, good coaching, like? There's value in that, but it's a tough sell to a 24-year-old to take a step back. Like, he started a superstar in high school, superstar in college, uh, the f- top 10, t- top 15 pick in the draft. Like, it's a tough sell to be like, hey, go be a backup behind uh, Kyler Murray, and you're going to play because he's going to get hurt. Like, it's a tough sell. I think it's interesting. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The code is HERD, H-E-R-D. New customers can bet 5 bucks, get $150 instantly in bonus bets. That's only at DraftKings Sportsbook and only with the code HERD, H-E-R-D. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia. Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash ball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, uh, it's the herd hierarchy, top 10 teams in the NFL. You're, you're going to blanch it, maybe a couple of them, but here we go. Herd hierarchy. Time is now, let's go. The top 10 NFL teams according to college. Number 10. Right now today, Denver is a top 10 team. 5-0 and since week 7. Four of the five teams they've beaten have winning records. Allowing 16 points a game. Best turnover differential in the league. Excellent backs. Power football. Young, young athletic defense. Good enough receivers. Mims, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. Dulcich coming back at tight end. 20 touchdowns, four picks for Russell Wilson. This morning, that is a top 10 team in the NFL. Number nine. Buffalo. Listen, they're crazy. But six of their losses are by six points. They are what they were three years ago. Josh Allen leads the NFL with 24 touchdown passes and 13 picks and 16 total giveaways. They're one of the more penalized teams in the NFL. In fact, I think they're the most penalized team. This is what they are. They're not buttoned up. I called him the Mike Tyson. Just depends on who they fight. They'll knock you out in the first round or or lose a close fight late because they're bad on the details. But you can't tell me they're not a top 10 team in the league. They had Philadelphia beaten about three different times in that football game in Philadelphia. Number eight. Miami. I have my issues with them. The speedboat of the NFL. They're one and three against teams that are 500 or better. But we have to be fair. If I'm going to support Russell Wilson with Sean Payton, i got to support Tua with Mike... Uh, McDaniels. Tua under Mike McDaniels. 16 wins, 8 losses, 67% completion percentage, passer rating at 104.6. It's a good team. They don't have the defense of Denver, but Tua with this coach and these weapons feels like a playoff team to me. Miami at 8. Number 7. Detroit. Love their offensive line and ability to control the clock with the run game. Jared Goff's gotten sloppy in the last couple of weeks. They have a hole on this team that um, is going to take them out of the Super Bowl running. They're bad on the back end of their defense, and I'm not sure this coaching staff can solve it. They're just not. They don't have the personnel in the back end. They're like the Chargers. They can outplay it and lose because they give up cheap stuff on the back end. But they have the number one ranked offensive line, the number two total offense. They can win shootouts, and they are capable of winning a playoff game, Detroit. Number six. I like Jacksonville. Least penalized team in the NFL. Only undefeated team on the road this year. Do you know that? 6-0 and on the road. That says something. 6-0 and on the road this year. I like Jacksonville. Um, do I think they can win a Super Bowl? No, that's my top four teams in the league. My top four teams, I think, are Super Bowl teams. Jacksonville can win on the road, star quarterback, clever offensive coach. I got him at six. Number five. Dallas. They crush the teams they should. You do get credit for that. Now, they've played the easiest schedule in the NFL, and they've beaten up on the dregs of the league. But again, you get credit for that. Their remaining five games are much, much tougher. 
They play Seattle, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions. But let's be fair with Dak. Over his last six games, he's been terrific. 18 TDs, two picks. We got to be fair. The C.D. Lamb-Dak combination, it's got a Burrow-Jamar Chase feel to it. It's big boy football. Dallas at number five. Number four. And here are my Super Bowl teams, Baltimore. I may have them one spot low. Listen, Baltimore's got the number one rush offense and the number two scoring defense. I like them. They're fast. They're physical. Opposing quarterbacks passer rating, 72. Lowest in the league. Again, I may have them a spot low, but I think if they played my number three team tomorrow, I'd take my number three team, so Baltimore's at four. Number three. And Kansas City by an inch. Keep your eye on Rasheed Rice. Looks like he could be their number one receiver. So I've said, I think they have a bunch of threes. Rasheed Rice, he was a second-round kid, may become the number one. They also showed they can score in the second half. They've also, let's be fair with Kansas City, played the second-hardest schedule. I still have doubts about their second-half offense. It was the Raiders, but Rasheed Rice, his growth is really interesting. Number two. San Francisco. When Trent Williams plays, they win, 8-1. and one. Um, They lead the NFL in turnover differential. I think they have the most weapons in the NFL. Uh, Philadelphia beats everybody narrowly. They can blow people out. If they have their people, they blow people out. Debo, Christian, Kittle, Ayuk. Those are dudes. And I think they can beat you in multiple ways. So I have San Francisco at number two. Number one. Listen, Philadelphia, 31 consecutive weeks. They've had the best record in the league. It's choppy. It's it's un, inartistic. But they're 7-1 and one in one-score games. Uh, their O-line, D-line combination is excellent. They are not a perfect team. You can beat them downfield. But my top four teams are the teams I believe this morning should be favorites and can hoist a trophy. Philadelphia 1, San Francisco 2, Kansas City 3, and Baltimore 4. I don't know what to do with Baltimore. I think for the second week in a row, my take is I probably have them low. I do not think Dallas hoists a trophy, but I think they're the closest team to not doing it with Jacksonville that could potentially do it but won't. J-Mac, your initial thoughts. Oh, my goodness. So I was looking around my desk. I need a flag to throw. So I, oh, like if I was this tissue box. <laughs> Howard, what are you? Where are the Pittsburgh Steelers? 11. How, where are the Houston Texans? 12. No, no, no. This this doesn't work. Time out. This doesn't even, this isn't a Detroit Lions at okay. seven? All right. Let me name, let me just name the quarterbacks on this list. Not the teams. Jalen Hurts, you love Purdy. Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Dak. Trevor Lawrence, Goff, Tua, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Kenny Pickett. Oh, so what, we're just naming the best quarterbacks or the best um, teams I don't know. right now? Best quarterback oh. mostly wins the division. Interesting. I, you can't you, Listen, Mike Tomlin, coach of the year. There's no way I can put Denver right now. You have to unsee September. <laughs> Denver is playing. They've beaten Kansas City. They've beaten Buffalo. They're beating good teams. So now the sample size is like four or five games. So we're basically, that's why Denver's ahead of Pittsburgh and used to work. Nobody had courage. They would just list standings. That's not how I roll here. I'm telling you the best teams this week. Want more Herd? The Herd streams 24 hours a day, seven days a week within the iHeartRadio app. Search Herd to listen live or on demand whenever you'd like. This Saturday, the Big Ten Championship kicks off on Fox. With their perfect season and playoffs on the line, J.J. McCarthy in third-ranked Michigan. Take on number 17, Iowa. Coverage begins Saturday at 6.30 Eastern on Fox. People don't know what to do when they see something that's new and different, and Jim Harbaugh is that. 
All those Ohio State Buckeye fans railing and laughing and mocking Jim Harbaugh now have the second-best coach in the rivalry. Nothing against Ryan Day, but he can't beat Harbaugh, and certainly there's no proof he could get to a Super Bowl. Harbaugh, though, had a moment yesterday, and I kind of agree with it, and I kind of don't, about the intensity of the rivalry, Ohio State and Michigan. Student-athletes that are, they're, you know, young kids, young adults that are, are playing this game, and all we ask them to do is go out there and play their very best. I think that is, is very manufactured for the TV show that, uh, that people want to wanna watch and, and, and see. Uh, but it's not healthy. It's not healthy for, for, the, for the student athletes on either side when you're trying to put that much, uh, you know, somebody's practically, you know, thinking that it's life or death. Now, in principle, I do agree with Harbaugh, and I think 99% of fans get it. But one of the things the media does get right, and we miss a lot, is how we treat college athletes. We're not nearly as harsh on them, nor should we be. We're just not as harsh on college sophomores, juniors. Maybe once they get drafted, it changes, or as they get ready for the draft process. But I will say the difference between the basketball and football culture in America, I like the football. I prefer the latter. Our basketball culture is perpetual coddling. It's not healthy. It creates immature players, and the percentages of busts in the NBA draft are through the roof. The football culture, they're coached hard, occasionally screamed at, ridiculed, mocked, mostly in a reasonable fashion. They are. The media doesn't really take out the sledgehammer very rarely, very infrequently on college guys. But it does create players who are hardened, coachable, and mature. I think the basketball culture in America is in a crisis. I watch John Morant's personal life, Zion, and I say to myself, what's wrong with it? They're talented. Have they been coddled, given too much too early? I don't have answers. But what college football's culture does create, and it's not always pretty, is mostly mature players ready to produce, producing now at the top programs, and eternally grateful for the opportunity. Harbaugh is right. Some people can't handle it. It is not life or death. But in America, I would take the current football culture over the basketball culture, which Steve Kerr recently talked about the AAU and said it's actually a negative for players' growth. College basketball guys, in fact, basketball players don't even have to go to college. The top four picks in this past draft were from four different leagues. I'm not sure if that's a great thing. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I like our football culture. At times, a small percentage of people go over the top, but I think it's a very small group of people. And by and large, I like the college system. I like what it creates. I like what it produces. Coachable young men willing to play hard, emotionally, physically, ready to produce like a C.J. Stroud the minute they arrive. Now for last night's most embarrassing NBA loss, and it wasn't the Lakers getting shelled. It wasn't by the Sixers. No, it was the paper clips, as Jason calls them. The Denver Nuggets didn't have the best player in the league, Jokic, nor their second-best player, Jamal Murray, or their third best player, Aaron Gordon. 
The Clippers had all four of their stars. Kawhi, Paul George, Harden, Westbrook. Not only did they lose to Denver, they fell apart in the fourth quarter with all their go-to stars and had only four field goals. DeAndre Jordan last night had 21 points. Dude, I didn't even know he played anymore. Anybody who thought this Harden-Westbrook thing was going to work, no reason for me to make it personal. You fanboys just keep taking L's year after year. They're below average shooting threes, 25th in assists per game. Neither really wants to defend on a regular basis. Westbrook-Harden on the floor together is a minus 43, the worst combo on the team. Again, no reason to make it personal, but I can assure you, not everybody in this organization known as the L.A. Clippers loved all these moves, especially Harden. Chemistry matters. Sharing the ball matters. Committing to defense matters. After the game, Russell Westbrook had an incident with a fan. Again, I don't like how fans treat Westbrook. I'm not a huge fan of the player, but he's a human being. He works his tail off. He plays hard all the time. And, pay, and fans can go absolutely over the top. Westbrook talked about the moment after. You know, fans think they can say whatever they want. You know, I'm not going to say it now because it's not appropriate, but um, I'm just protecting myself. Just unfortunately, fans think they can get away with saying anything, and I won't. Personally, I won't allow it. I took a lot of, you know, people saying anything and, you know, getting away with it, but uh, I won't stand for it. Now, in fairness, Westbrook went to the staff and said earlier this year, I'll come off the bench. I thought that was a team move. You know Harden wouldn't do that. But again, the worst loss last night was not the Lakers. When you have your four stars and you're playing backups for Denver and they don't have their best three players, and not only do the Denver Nuggets beat you, they destroy you in the fourth quarter. Jerry West is still connected to the Clippers. You cannot convince me Jerry West supported the Harden to the Clippers move. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. All his years understanding chemistry and balance, no way he supported it. I just you can't you can't talk me into that unless I've seen a signed document that Jerry West defended it, but it's not working and last night, ugh, as bad. No Jokic, no Murray, no Gordon. DeAndre Jordan lighting it up. They brought him in to be a locker room guy, not even play. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.
The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, Gainbridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder Gainbridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today at Gainbridge.io.